This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Hey, hey, hey. Woo! I was dancing during the intro. A little FYI. Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. I'm in a, in a little, new little, little studio here. Not really a studio, but uh, I was in the basement of our house and now I'm in a room. My wife is uh, very talented, and her ever-growing company needed the space. So I got bumped. She bumped me. But um, been spending the whole week trying to fix this thing up, trying to make it a little more manly, a little cool for the uh, MMA Takes fans out there. So this is episode 25, excited, new joint, new space. I'm going to kick my legs back a little bit. We're doing okay. We're doing okay here. So I'm very excited to come to you from the new studio. It might sound a little echoey. I hope not. I'm trying not to shout... But, um, you know, bare walls, small room. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to invest on soundproofing. I, I, I feel like it's bullshit, right? It's just styrofoam. Like, I'll just use my own styrofoam. Like, they're kind of expensive for a couple styrofoams you put on the wall. But um, I am happy that you are listening. I am happy to be talking to you. We're going to have two new podcasts up this week. We're going to have one, this one you're listening to, and then we're going to have another one covering the entire UFC 226 because it is by far the best card probably since 200, maybe 205. 205 is really good too. Um, it's, just a, it's just a fantastic card top to bottom, and I'm going to need the whole 30, 40 minutes talking about it. So this one we're going to try to jam in some news. Try damn, and then we're gonna cover all of the tough enough, uh, ultra tough enough. That's WWE. I always say that. I haven't seen tough enough in forty years. But whenever I try to describe the Ultimate Fighter, I always say tough enough. But it's not tough enough. It is the Ultimate Fighter finale. Decent little card. One of our own. One of the MMA takes my guys. Israel Adesanya is in the main event. Hopefully, um, we'll we'll get into that. But let's get into some news, huh? Let's do some news, eh? So uh, there's there's been a little uh, action happening this week. Um, you know, Bellator announced some stuff. They had a press conference, and um, but the the top the top thing that I want to talk about is DC and John Jones had a little back and forth on Twitter. Go figure. DC uh, did a soundbite, I believe, promoting his upcoming fight with Stipe that he has about two or three more fights left on, in his career, and he wants those to be John Jones and Brock Lesnar. John Jones obviously got wind of that and was like, oh, really? You still want to fight me after I, I took your soul? So they had a nice little back and forth on Twitter, and DC said that John Jones doesn't have a platform. He's a scumbag. He's a cheat and this and that. And John Jones replied with, um, I don't have a platform, DC. That just sounds dumb. Even after years of suspension, I have just as much as more of not a platform than you. Every win you get goes on my resume. You know who would dream about it at night? You know who you dream about at night. I'm sure your wife knows too. So he took a little wife jab there. At first, I was like, "Whoa, he's he's going after DC's wife." But uh, DC has uh, unfortunately talked about Joan Jones' wife and girlfriend, whatever she is, the mother of his children. So all you know, all fair and love and war. Is that how that goes? Oh fucking, I know, I know it is. I'm a philosopher. Then uh, they, they had a nice little cannon in the back and forth. And then the last thing uh, John Jones said is, good thing for you. The next time we fight, I'll be all cleaned up. Let's see you dominate me this time since I cheated the first two with a laughing, crying emoji and then a black man's thumbs up. So uh, interesting little back and forth there. 
I, I don't really know how DC even has a leg to stand on, if I'm being honest with you. I mean, John Jones has beaten you twice. The first, the, the I'm sorry, the last time he finished you, the only time you've ever been finished in your career. Now, I get it that he got popped for some kind of steroid or whatever that he's fighting. Innocent to proven guilty. He says he doesn't do it. And he, the, the, when they called upon him and, you know, I don't know what he was thinking when they, when he took the stand, I don't know who his lawyers were. I don't know why they let him go up there, but it was like the most ridiculous thing. His argument basically was like, do you think I'd be stupid enough to do it after all the eyes were on me? Yeah, I think you're stupid enough to do it, pal. Sorry, I do. But I don't really know where DC's coming from. This is the only guy that's ever beat him. I know the second, the, the knockout loss that happened is uh, no longer a win. It's changed to no contest because of the drug result. But nonetheless, we all know what happened. We all saw it. I mean, I haven't burned on my mind. So I don't know what DC's going for here. I mean, a third fight with Jones would obviously sell. I would watch it. I would I would enjoy it. But, um, yeah, talking shit, I mean, I guess I guess you have that. He cheated in his back pocket. But really, do you? I, I don't know. And the follow-up that Mike Perry, who is uh, now scheduled to fight Paul Felder on UFC 226, which is a nice little... Nice little thing there. Um, if you don't know, Paul Felder was supposed to fight James Vick. James Vick got bumped up to the Gaethje fight. Gaethje and Vick are now fighting in Lincoln, Nebraska, because Ally Quinta said he signed, and he didn't sign. They announced the fight. Then Ally Quinta pulled out of the fight. I mean, that guy's a – I could rant on Ally, Ally Quinta <clears throat> the next 20 minutes because the guy's always complaining about money. He's always complaining about something. Listen, I think fighters should get paid more, but it's like you signed the contract – that you signed to get paid what you got paid, right? You made, I'm sure they bumped up your pay a little bit. The fight could be on short notice. You're an absolute warrior. You're an exciting fighter. But sometimes I think fighters need to know their worth a little bit. I think Ally Quinta, this was a perfect showcase for him. He gets his second main event, I think. He might have had another main event, but he gets to go against an action-packed guy in Gaethje, and it would have been Canada for fight of the year more than likely and uh, you could have really showed out and showed your skills, but instead you, you know, you think you're owed something or you think you deserve this amount of money, which is fine, but that's not the way to do business anyway. So <clears throat> James Vick is taking that fight. Paul Felder left without an opponent again. I'm a big Paul Felder guy. Mike Perry, Yansum uh, Darius fell out. Mike Perry needs an opponent. Paul Felder's like, let's dance, brother. All happened on Twitter. The UFC finally made, uh, made it official the other day, and now they're fighting at 170. Paul Felder. Doesn't have to cut a lot of weight. This is like two training camps now because he was supposed to fight Ally Quinta. And then obviously all the, the Khabib stuff happened. But uh, speaking of Mike Perry, he was uh, did an interview where he um, he is currently training at Jackson's now. And that he went out with John Jones and they about he and this is a direct quote from Mike Perry. They drank about two bottles of tequila, like shot for shot. He just kept keeping up with couldn't keep up with John Jones. Then the next night they go out, maybe not the very next night, but the next time they go out. John Jones says, oh, we're going to keep it a little uh, a little quieter, a little mellow this night, you know, nothing crazy or whatever like that. And then Mike Perry says, okay, cool. And then he looks over about 20 minutes later, and John Jones has two drinks in his hand. He's buying everybody drinks, and he just goes, you know, he, uh, he was letting loose. Now, listen, John Jones is an adult, okay? He's obviously of age, but he's a father of three, I think, two maybe, um, he has some kind of drug issue. I mean, listen, you don't do cocaine in college and all through your twenties and act like you don't have a drug problem. You do. Um, and I don't know much about addiction myself personally. I just know that 
probably going out and getting hammered on a weeknight isn't probably the best for your sobriety, nor is it the best look when you're a father. I mean, he might have just been letting loose, but uh, I doubt it because there was a picture that popped up. He retweeted it on his uh, in a Twitter, and it was a, a fan took a picture with him in like Walmart or something. And, and John Jones does not look to be in the best of shape. So if he if he was indeed on steroids, he's definitely not on steroids anymore. He did not look uh, great. He had a tank top on. He, I mean, I mean, he was, I mean, he didn't look like he was obese or anything. I mean, he's still an athlete, but he he looked pretty out of shape. He looked a little flabby, a little out of shape. The guy looks like he had been drinking a little bit. You know, I don't know what to think about this, if I'm being completely honest with you. I don't like hearing these stories about John Jones. I'm a John Jones fan. I think he is probably one of the best in the world. He needs to clean his act up. I don't know what's going to, how or when or why or what's going to take for you to clean your act up. I mean, you almost lost your career twice. You, you know, you fucked up a whole bunch. I'm so surprised that you have the people you have stick, sticking with you. You would figure that maybe going out on a Wednesday night and, and drinking a whole bottle of tequila might might not be the best idea for you, but um, you know, who am I? Who am I to say anything? So that was a nice little interesting story Mike Perry decided to tell. I wonder if uh John Jones was like, What are you doing, man? You know, I got I got I got this people think of me of a certain way and now you're telling me how much I drink. So this is what it is. Another little big news, Johnny Hendricks, big rig. Johnny Hendricks decided to retire. Rashad Evans decided to retire. Michael Bisman retired a few months ago. Or a few weeks ago. So a lot of the old guard is kind of moving out. New guards moving in. The Hendricks one kind of surprised me a little bit. I know he hasn't looked himself. I mean, he hasn't looked himself since he won the title. I know he, um, he uh, before the Paulo Costa fight, which was his last fight in the UFC where he got mauled. I know he said that if he was training at Jackson's for the beginning of his career, he would have been un- he would have went undefeated. And he said he felt rejuvenated. He felt good. He felt this. He felt that. And... Um, and I guess that I guess Paul Acosta really put it in perspective. I feel like Johnny Hendricks has lost his drive the minute he won the title. If I'm being completely honest with you, uh, yeah, um, I, I was never a huge Johnny Hendricks fan. I was, um, I mean, I liked the guy. I thought he was entertaining. Yeah, I don't want to accuse anybody of steroids. That's not my job. That's not my. That's not my place. But I guess it is my place, huh? I guess I could accuse him of steroids. But it was a little weird that he was knocking people dead and then later in his career couldn't even drop anybody, wasn't even wobbling people with his left hand. So, I mean, if you watch that uh, Martin Campman fight, if you watch the John Fitch fight, I mean, he was knocking guys across the fucking cage with one shot and all of a sudden that went away. And then he started kind of losing his drive. You know, that's air quotes. Bad radio. You can't see me, but drive. And now he's retired. I mean, the guy made enough money. Um, he's, he's He said he's going to take a uh, wrestling coaching job. High school, I believe, maybe even college. I'm not sure. So good for him. Let him ride off on Sunset without uh, any more damage because, I mean, he just – I don't want to see him get back in there unless he's motivated. Another thing, too, is uh, Leo Tomashita decided to sign with Bellator in the MMA media world, acted like this was the greatest signing in the world. This is, I mean, this is typical Scott Coker. This is what Scott Coker does. He – this is – I mean, this Bellator strike force – 2.0, right? He gets these stars that can draw a little bit, and they're aging, and uh, they bring them in. I mean, he, they just had a press conference where Rampage Jackson and, and uh, Vanilla Silva are fighting for a third time. Both guys, I mean, Rampage Jackson looked terrible. Vanilla Silva, you know, I don't even know what that guy's been doing, but he had he didn't look great either. So, I mean, you put those on there, signing a guy like Machida, who I think has a couple fights left in him. I know that um, he came out and said that the uh, UFC matched the offer Bellator uh, sent to him, but he gave Scott Coker his word, so he signed a Bellator. You know, 
it's just it's just one of those things where I think um, Machida realizes he probably can't compete at the division in the UFC. I mean, UFC has the best fighters in the world. They're they're getting the each division's getting younger. They're in the process of building stars, what have you. And I think Machida is a smart enough guy to know that he probably probably isn't in the mix yet for that or will be. I mean, he beat Eric Anders. It was a split decision. He didn't look fantastic. He did win me some money. So thank you, Leoto. But, I mean, this is just what Scott Coker does. He signs these old guys. I mean, who's he going to fight at 85? I mean, he, they'll have to go up to 205. Chael's not cutting back down to 85. I mean, a Chael fight might be entertaining because Chael talks shit about him. The only fights are at, at – at, uh, I mean, Gegard Mousasi is the 85-pound champion, but they announced at the press conference they did on New York that he's going to be fighting Roy McDonald. Um, I believe it's for Gegard's belt, and uh, that's another one. Gegard, who I think is a terrific, terrific fighter, wanted to get paid an X amount of dollars. The UFC didn't uh, didn't think he was worth that, and decided to let him walk. Um, Gegard's a little different than Michida because he's Gegard. I think is in his prime, but I never thought he. Would, I don't think he's like world. Like I don't think he's top five in the world. Gegard. I know that might be an unpopular opinion, but. I feel like these guys that leave the UFC and they go to Bellator, it's like, you know, they're, they're fighting lower competition. Like, uh, to me, fighting, you should be the best in the world. You should also get paid for it, but you should be fighting to be the best in the world, right? If, you, if, you're, if you're a world champion of Bellator, like Ryan Bader's a world champion of Bellator, do not dare say you're the best in the world. Some guy on MMA Twitter, um, I don't remember his name. It could have been a retweet. I don't remember dorks' names. But he said that uh, Ryan Bader is, you know, very underrated and probably the best light heavyweight out there. He also said that, like, Bellator's light heavyweight division is better than the UFC's. Listen, UFC's is nothing, is not world class right now. Um, they have some weak, weak guys in there. But Vulcan Ozdemir, who who just lost to Daniel uh, Cormier, who I don't think the the most incredible guy in the world. I think he's very talented. But he goes over to Bellator and he starts as everyone at Vision. Now, I know he was in Bellator before, so everyone's like, blah, blah, blah. But that was a long time ago. I think he beats Ryan Bader. Let's just put it that way. So this is just typical uh, Bellator. Scott Coker, they're going to sign the old guys and they're going to they're gonna sell some tickets for a little bit. But then they're going to need to start building some young guys. I mean, Aaron Pico is a tremendous guy. They need to start building him up. I think they're doing the right things for him. Think maybe start giving him some stiffer competition now. The past two fights, he's he's fought guys that um, <clears throat> probably shouldn't have been there. They definitely aren't full time fighters. Ed Ruth, another guy, he just fought. He looks good. He's going to be an alternate for the welterweight tournament that they just announced. I think Ed Ruth is is an incredibly talented guy. I think he'll one day make his way over to the UFC after he uh, wraps up his career in Bellator. The Bellator also announced starting September they're they're leaving the Paramount Network and they're going to a streaming service called the Zone. So that's another thing. If you're an MMA fan, that you got to fucking pay for it. So you got to pay for the Zone to watch Bellator. You got to pay for ESPN Plus when uh, the UFC comes to ESPN. You got to pay for Fight Pass. I already canceled my cable because cable's not the future. I mean, I know UFC is going to be on some local uh, or live UF, uh, ESPN cards. I'm sure they'll put you know one on there to promote the the move over or what have you. And and you know that's that's when I just go to a buddy's house to watch it. I'm not paying 150 dollars in a goddamn cable bill for essentially one or two fights that you want to see a year. So, uh, and the last little bit of news here, this is, this is the one that, uh, I'm going to end up, uh, yeah, we'll see how this goes. We'll see. We'll see how far I want to, how long I want to talk about this. So Joe Rogan and Chael Sonnen and Brandon Schaub were kind of entangled in a little 
he said, she said, beef type deal. Um, Joe Rogan said on the broadcast that uh, Colby Covington's act or whatever he took from Chael and uh, that it was, you know, it was the sell tickets and they get them in the pay-per-view. I don't think anybody that has watched Colby Covington in the past couple months realizes that that's, that's who he is. It's an act. It's fake. I mean, we, we all get that. Apparently, Chael was very upset that Joe said that and he said, he, he, you know, you're given, you're given, this is my channel impression, by the way, you're given the, the end look inside of our business. You're, you, that's our business. You shouldn't be doing that. You're an analyst. You're not a sport. He's starting to sound like a pro wrestler. You know, whenever you hear a pro wrestler, they always, they always thank guys for what they did for the business. Listen, MMA's a business. It's entertainment. Uh, I think Chael needs to cool it a little bit. I think that's. I think that's a little. I think he went. A, took it a little overboard. Maybe that's his bit. Maybe he's doing a bit. Maybe he's doing a work. Maybe he's doing what you know what Chael does. I don't know. He seemed pretty serious about it. He talked about it for like maybe twenty minutes. I didn't watch the whole thing because, you know, I mean, who cares? But uh, I just think it's kind of a weird thing. And then Brendan Schaub chimed in on his podcast and. Kind of went back at Chael, and, and and they were and Shab talked about how they were texting each other, and he doesn't necessarily disagree with Chael, but he also is Rogan's boy, so he's taking Rogan's side, and you know I just think these guys need to relax. I think everyone knows that you know Colby's not genuine with this, and and I don't care. Like I knew Chael when Chael, I mean Chael will get tapped out, show up on ESPN a week later with a fucking belt around his waist, saying I didn't lose, I'm the champion right now, so. And I don't mind that, you know, I think it's entertaining, I think it's funny, I think most people, I mean, you know, not everything has to be as real as it gets or whatever the UFC tag used to be, um, I think people know Colby's full of shit, and I think he he's doing a bit, and I think people are okay with it, people are still going to pay to see him get his ass whipped, people are still going to, I mean, that Tyron Woody fight's got legs, people are going to watch him, you know, as long as he doesn't cross the line and say some really goofy racist shit that doesn't need to be said, then I think he's going to be okay. I think he's, you know, because before that, I mean, what was he doing? Nothing. He wasn't getting any big fights. He was fighting, I mean, his biggest win wasn't even a win. It was a loss of Warley Alves, who was, I mean, he's not even sniffing the top 10 right now. Yeah, that was his only loss, and then he and then he talked his way into the Maya fight, and he looked good against Maya, and then we all know what he did against RDA. I think it's smart. I, I don't think there's any... I think everyone can agree that it's smart. I think Chael's just uh, taking a little too far here, maybe. I mean, listen, Chael's got a... Chael's got a show to sell. You know, him and Ariel Hawani now have their own little show on uh, on ESPN, and that's... Uh, we'll go ahead and move into my hot take, and I'll end on Brendan Schaub. So, hot take of the week is going to be Ariel and Chael Sonnen have a show every Wednesday on ESPN+, Plus, right? So, you have to pay for it. They don't release it to YouTube. I'm not sure if it's on iTunes uh, a week later. It's a video, obviously a video show. I can look that up right now. But it's called Ariel and the Bad Guy, right? And they're on a uh, they're on every Wednesday, and it's you know a, a remote thing. They and they and they talk about um, they talk about MMA, right? Um, yeah, so I'm looking up all podcasts right now. Aaron on the bad guy did not pop up. So anyway, I think that show is good. Does not doesn't have a future. I think it's gonna be canceled. I've never watched it. I've never. Um, <clears throat> I haven't uh, seen it. I've seen clips of it and whatnot. I I think. Chael's entertaining. Errol obviously has a big following. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan anymore, but he does have a big following. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to get canceled because this is what this is my hot take. When ESPN or UFC goes to the ESPN, a lot of their some of their programs can be run through ESPN U or ESPN Plus, excuse me, and you have to pay for that, which I will gladly pay my five dollars, whatever. I think they launched it a little too early because I think by the time next January when this rolls around, I think the numbers on Chael and Ariel are going to be low enough 
that they're going to cancel it, and then UFC is going to come in, and and then uh, Arrow is just going to have a show on Monday, which is basically the same fucking show he's always been doing. It's like the identical set. It's very disappointing. I tuned in Monday because he's got it's still ten hours, it's still hundred guests, it's still him rambling on about nothing. Every interview is the same. Tries to be funny. It's just an awkward. Some of these really cringeworthy moments. I tuned in and it's the same, it's literally the same set, which is like a, a fence cage behind them, a couple new colors, and, and a new network. I mean, that's all it is. And, um, but yeah, the, the Ariel and Shale show, which I haven't seen, I don't think it has legs. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I think they're, I think come fall, they're going to stop doing it. They might redo it come, since people are going to be, no one's signed up for it yet, right? No one's signed up for ESPN Plus unless they absolutely have to. The UFC is going to promote the shit out of it come the fall. Connor might fight on it. They're going to put a title fight on that very first ESPN card, and people are going to go flood and get the subscription and what have you. I think it's smart. But as far as Chael and Ariel show, cancel. Get out of here. Don't want to see you. Who wants to pay for a podcast, right? I know there's people like on Patreon or Patreon or whatever that's called. People donate to listen to your podcast, and you have to like your. It's like a subscriber where you get paid. And I know Mark and like the only one that makes sense is Mark Maron. Mark Maron gives you. I mean, he's done. Mark Maron, one of the king of podcasting, next to Joe Rogan. He'll give you fifty episodes, right? And then if you want the catalog, you got to pay for it, and that's because that's that's a lot of data that needs to be stored, and you got to go pay for it. Because he's been doing it for so many years. I understand that. I don't personally pay for it, but I get if you want to go listen to a certain episode, you pay for it. That makes sense. This chill thing where I got to pay five bucks a month for the next however many months before the UFC gets onto ESPN, I, I, I don't see the point of paying that for chill and Ariel. I just don't see it. So I just think it's going to do low numbers and it's going to get canceled and uh, boo hoo. So we'll end on this with. Um, with Brendan Schaub, I go back and forth on Brendan Schaub. Um, I was a fan of the fighter and the kid because I like Brian Callen. And then I got really tired and really boring, and I and I stopped watching. And then I have since rewatched, and I've watched his uh, Big Brown Breakdown or whatever it's called. He's got that Showtime show. But what really struck me is, and, and I might have said this on the podcast, but this guy went on Barstool Radio, however many weeks ago, months ago, whatever, and he was doing E stuff, working with the channel E, the red carpet, and he said that he'd rather go to the Oscars than go to like the biggest UFC fight in the year. He'd rather go to the Oscars than go to McGregor Mayweather, right? This is a guy who just said on his recent podcast that with I forget he was talking to that he has a certain deal with Showtime for this for the for the show that he's doing, and then it's done. Then he he can't wait to stop talking about fighting. This is a guy that has the show called The Fighter and the Kid where they don't do anything. They bullshit for 20 minutes. They do a couple news, uh, breaking news or what current news or whatever the fuck it is, and then the show's over, right? They run about an hour and 10 minutes. This is also the same guy that failed at football, failed at MMA, and now is trying to stand-up comedy. And I haven't seen his stand-up. I hope he's funny because he's not funny on the podcast. As an MMA fan, as an MMA purist, as an MMA guy who, who, and this could be coming out of a, a, a pit of jealousy. This could be coming somewhere out of jealousy. Maybe I would like to be where he's at. I would say the positive thing about Brendan is a little different than all these other MMA media guys. He's a former fighter. He's good-looking kid. He's um, a little more entertaining than your rigid, you know, you know, guys that. Ha- 
that look at the sport and want to interview about weight cutting and, and type of 800 article about weight cutting instead of really having a, a fun conversation. So that's kind of, he's kind of in the same lane as me, I guess. So maybe this is coming out of jealousy, but so what the point is, is what bothers me the most is this guy is complaining about everything, right? He wants to go do this. He wants to go do that. He's complaining about talking about fighting, but the only reason he is where he's at is because of fighting, right? Played in the NFL, played in the college football, Went to the NFL for a cup of coffee with the Buffalo Bills. Like, literally there two days. His cut, goes to the Arena Football League, goes back home to Denver, decides he wants to fight. Becomes a USC fighter, makes it to the finale, had some decent wins, maybe two big ones, right? Crow Cop and, um, and Mitrione, I guess, were really only wins. Never really was top 10, top 5 talent. You know, moves to L.A., decided to move to L.A., doubt, dates Ronda Rousey. She introduces him to Hollywood Circle. He meets Brian Callen. That's how that all worked. They they got a platform. They got on Fox, what have you. So everything that has happened in his life is because of fighting. And he will tell you openly and as many times as you want to hear it that he is done talking about fighting. Joe Rogan has him on a podcast for fighting, right? You're on Showtime to talk about boxing. And I just, I don't, it sickens me that this guy is so ungrateful for what he came from, right? He's not going to be... I mean, he could be an actor. Go go do The Expendables. Go do fucking Terminator 10 or whatever and and be a B-level actor. I don't care what you do, but as an MMA guy, as a guy that's kind of in the lane or maybe even wants to get into that lane, he's obviously much more successful than I am. For you to sit here and complain about it and complain about your successes and be like, oh, I can't wait to stop talking about it. Fuck you. You know, that's how it is. Go fuck yourself. That's how I feel about it. Some of us doesn't get tired of the sport and we love the sport and uh and i know you competed in it you're nauseated about it blah 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 go do something else okay uh go do something else don't go on rogan because you're not intelligent enough to talk about anything else um don't do your podcast anymore i hope i hope he loses listeners change the name because you're not a fighter anymore you don't want to talk about fighting you're not a fighter so don't don't call it fighting the kid call it the fashion model the wannabe fashion model and the kid um i work for e and the kid um i you know i self-tan and the kid do something like that i just don't want to hear about you anymore i don't want to hear about you complaining about Oh man, I I I live in Venice, California, and and I can support my family by talking about fighting. But man, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm done with you. I'm done with you. And the thing is, is like I, I was hot and cold on him for a while. I like hated him for a while, and then I came back to him, and I hated him. I came back to him. Now now I'm just I'm sick of him. I'm done with him. I'm done with this rant. I don't want to waste any more time talking about this fucking bum. All right. So this Friday we have the Ultimate Fighter finale. Really, really. The card's not complete yet, so I'm not going to be able to give you odds. Um, I know they're still trying to figure out the odds. Let's see if they have them. Yeah, they, on UFC.com, they don't have the odds. I'm sure I could find them, but we're only going to talk about the few a few ones. And I know the, um, the whatchamacallit, the, fi- the finale. We don't know who's in the finale quite yet, right? So you got, um, what's his face? You got... I don't even know the names. This is, this is embarrassing. I, I, I've watched it. I've watched a few episodes. So you got Joe Gianetti. That's one. He's a 155-pound fighter. He's fighting in the 155-pound the finale against Mike Trezano. Uh, yeah, Mike Trezano for Steam, uh, Stipe. The only Team Stipe guy to really get in. We'll get to that in a second. He's fighting Joe Gianetti, which is like the perfect name. Kid from Boston. Perfect name for a guy. He sounds like a Ohio State quarterback, um, Joe Giannetti. 
that fight. Don't know much about them. I know they're kind of built the same. They both look great on the show. Giannetti's gotten a couple finishes. I know they're both labeled undefeated, but when you're three and zero, I mean, you're sure you're undefeated, but it's not. It's not like you're thirteen and zero. It's not like you're fourteen and zero. It's not as impressive. You know, until you get to about ten and zero, you know, I'm not gonna be too worried about your undefeated record. Um, and Mike Trezano has had no problem on the show as well. And then the featherweight, which isn't listed here, the featherweight fight's going to be Brackentona. He's already in. He's fighting. He's fighting out of SPG, trains out of Kavanaugh, trains with Connor um, from Canada. Eh? And uh, he's going to fight Tyler Diamond. Tyler Diamond's fighting uh, a steep A guy, Joe Cuccinello or some shit. And I think the J guy's already fought and lost. Tyler Diamond comes out of Alpha Male. He was number one overall pick. Solid wrestler, solid fighter, solid kid. Um, I see him winning that fight, uh, beating Cuccinello and fighting Katona in the finals. I actually think that's going to be a really entertaining fight. I think that's going to be one of the best finale fights in a long time for, for that 145-pound uh, pound, uh, champion. Or not championship, but uh, the title of the 145-pound ultimate fighter. Both guys are going to do well in the UFC, I think. I, I mean, if, I, if I'm leaning towards anybody, it's Tyler Diamond. I think he comes from, I think, alpha male guys just know how to breed them. And then on the other side, I mean, Trezano, I think, is maybe a little more well-rounded. I think Giannetti kind of has the power in the submission. But I think he's uh, a little more well-rounded, uh, Trezano, that is. But get rid of that stupid fucking cowboy hat. You, you look like a, a, a middle-aged woman going to a Kid Rock concert that decided to bedazzle her hat. Like, just... Take that shit off, man. I don't know what that is. Trezano. But anyway, so on UFC.com, they obviously don't have the full card. I'm sure a lot of the guys from the show are going to fight. We got Gerald Merskart versus Oscar Pochocha. Oscar Pochocha is 11-0. Got a lot of hype around him. Gerald Merskart. I don't know how to pronounce the name. Trains out Duke Rufus. I've seen him fight a few times. Never been, like, super blown away with him, if I'm being honest with you. He's a submission guy. Um, he, he's typically a finisher, but he's, you know, he's 27, nine. He's got a few losses in there and, uh, Pachota is 11 and 0. He is really well-rounded. He's got just as many knockouts. He does submissions. So I like Pachota in this fight. He's going to be the heavy favorite. Um, but I like him in that fight a lot. I, I'm a little underprepared on betting wise because I've taken some beatings lately. If I'm being honest with you, I am taking some beatings and I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'm going to rebound. I'm going to bet because uh, there's a good chance that I, I might should have a cup of coffee at Gambler's Anonymous. Just just sit in for one meeting. I mean, what's one meeting? Because, I mean, every weekend I say, like, I've been taking a beating. I'm going to take a minute off. And then I jump on a hot tip or a hot lead or a hot something that comes into my brain. I want to get into it. Now, Matt Bassinet versus Steven Peterson's the next one. I don't know much about either of these guys, Steven Peterson. From this picture I'm seeing of him, has a horrible chest tattoo. I just just too much color for me. So he's he he hasn't won a fight in the UFC. Benito Lopez split decision loss and Brandon Davis decision. So he hasn't been fin- finished yet. Matt Bassinet. I feel like I know this guy like personally. Nah, he fights out of Connecticut. I want to know him. So he's got a no contest for his curse hullaball, and then he's got a loss to Enrique Bozola. Yeah, this is one of those fights I labeled as a who cares fight. I mean, uh, let's see. Let's go Bassinet. Seems more well-rounded guy. Luis Pena, Violent Bob Ross on the show versus Richie Smolin. Don't know much about any of these guys. I actually missed both of their fights on the show. Luis Pena, though, I know it was highly touted coming out of that show or coming on the show. So I'm going to pick him. 
And again, I don't have any lines. I wish I had the lines. Maybe I'll write an article, post on MMA takes, where I'll tweet out the lines and, and my picks because I know I'm going to bet the show. And then we got Montana De La Rosa. Sweet name. She, I, I could have swore she would have been from a uh, different country, but she's from the United States. Her first name is Montana. That's awesome. Versus Rachel Osovich. Don't know her either. One girl's eight and four. One girl's four and three. Um, you know, uh, Ultravich seems like a wrestler with a grappler. 50% sub, 50% decisions. I, I'm going to go with Montana because she's got a badass name. Now, this fight, this fight I think a lot of people aren't talking about. We got Julian Marquez, who was the, probably the next to Sean O'Malley, probably the next face of the contender series. He had a really sick knockout. Good-looking guy. Lives in Vegas. Nice beard. Want to know in the UFC already from the contender series. Had a nice little call out of Tyron Willis Beard. He's fighting Alessio Dolcicchio, an Italian guy. You don't get a lot of Italian guys from Italy. Alessio Sakar is like the only other guy named Cano. And of course, both these guys are named Alessio, both from Italy. I wonder if like that. Alessio's got to be like Steve or something over there. Or it's a very common name. But uh, Alessio Dolcicchio, he fought um, last time. He, he used to fight at 205. He came down to 185. Wasn't super impressed with them. Both these guys were pretty much the same exact record, 11-1, 7-1. But that 11-1, Dutrichio, I mean, I can't imagine there's a ton of competition in Italy. I'm going to go ahead and assume that a lot of his earlier fights were in Italy. So basically, they have the same record. Julian Marquez, tough guy, tough as nails, um, good knockout ratio, great power. I think he's going to give up a little bit in reach and a little bit in height. Or he says he's taller than him, so what the fuck am I talking about? I like Marquez. Uh, I think he'll be the favorite over Dutricchio because Dutricchio did not look good in his last fight. He looked very stale. And it, it was a performance in the night, but uh, against, um, I, I'm not even going to pronounce his name. You know who it was. Okay. You know who it was. And then you got uh, Roxanne Matadafri versus Barb Hochek. Both these girls been around for a while. Roxanne. Uh, stud, the happy warrior. She's very, very talented. Um, Barb Hochek is getting a lot of love. Uh, Barb is, and my mom's name's Barb, so I'm gonna go ahead and go with her, even though I think Roxanne is a very talented girl. I can't bet against Barb. Then I guess the it's not gonna be the co main event, but it's gonna be on the card. You got Alex Caceres versus Martin Bravo. Caceres, uh, he's 13 and 11 with his record, but I mean, I tell you, this guy fights like a lot of tough guys. Um, Martin Love or Martin Bravo is coming off a loss to Humberto Benene, who we who we've seen, who we've we've seen win and and, and look tremendous. So that's not gonna, I'm not gonna hold that against him. This is actually his only loss. Conceres has bounced up in weight so many times. I don't really know what weight he's even fighting anymore. He's coming off a loss to Wang Guan by uh, split decision. Before that, he beat Ronaldo Dai. Jason, he lost to Jason Knight by, uh, and Yadier Rodriguez. He hasn't been as active as I usually see Caceres, but I see Caceres winning this. I don't know much about Martin Bravo. Old El Toro um, looks like a pretty well-rounded guy, has a decent record, but uh, Caceres is a really tough matchup for for these guys. Uh, this is at 145. He's, he's got kicks. He's tough. You know, he, he needs to work on his takedown defense, obviously, but, um, but yeah, I like Caceres. I think Caceres could get that done. Then we're at the main event. My guy, been on him since day one. Not really day one. Day one that he became in the UFC. Israel Adesanya versus Brad Tavares. Hopefully this fight stays together. I think the UFC is smart enough to put in a backup plan. Like a month ago, um, Brad Tavares released to the media that he was dealing with an injury and that he was going to deal with it and put up with it and still do the fight. 
I can see he lives in Vegas. Brad Tavares does, so I'm hoping that he has at least checked in with the UFC's doctors. That way they um, they know where he stands and everything like that. We're not going to get a fight week surprise. But uh, Tavares, that does scare me, and hopefully they have someone in place to fight Israel because Israel's coming from fucking New Zealand. That's not, a, that's not an easy flight. Okay, but this fight's a really good matchup for Israel Adesanya. I think uh, he's two and zero in UFC. Really, two quick fights. This guy likes to fight a lot. Um, he likes to. Uh, uh, he's, he's a quick turnaround guy. That's like kickboxing mentality. A lot of kickboxers fight pretty quickly. Um, Adesanya. He fought Martin Vittori his last fight. Looked good. I think myself included was expecting a little more. He looked a little pedestrian. Um, I thought his take a lot of people shit on his takedown offense. I think his takedown offense was actually really good. I think it was when he got finally taken down because Martin Vittori is was was aggressive, pinned him against the fence, swept his legs, got him down. People can give up takedowns. The problem was is he looked like a fish out of water on his back. He did not look good on his back. He wasn't circling toward the cage. He wasn't trying to get guard. He was more than happy to just sit there. If you get a guy like Brad Tavares, who I think is a pretty well-rounded guy, um, then you're going to get a guy that's going to the hammer away and side, uh, side control like Vittori didn't do. Vittori got side control right away off the takedown. Uh, Adesanya eventually worked his way back to the feet, but he looked very scared. He looked like he was afraid to make moves because uh, submission could happen, TKO, what have you, and Vittori. Didn't seem too heavy on top either. I think uh, Brad Tavares is going to be a much better uh, opponent. He's ranked number eight. He, uh, I like Tavares. He, he, he's kind of an old dog. He's been around for a while, but he's been very inactive. He, he's not the most active guy. This is his quickest turnaround in a long, long time. Um, cause he just fought recently and had a, had his first finish in, in a long, long time. Um, they said on the broadcast, but yeah, he's coming off a big finish over Christoph Jocko round three KOTK was a really sick, uh, sick knockout Jocko showing some chins, showing a little chinny lately. This fight's tough to pick because obviously Adesanya is, is a tremendous striker. He's got really quick kicks, really quick jabs, really quick hands, my only concern is is he's a little too patient. Um, kickboxers obviously pick their shots, and you know he's not the most active guy. I think he needs to throw just a little bit more. Still be patient. Still pick your shots, but just throw a little bit more, and I think he'd be pretty dangerous. Tavares is a good striker himself. Thick kid, not as tall as Anasanye, but um, just a thick, stout 185er. Cuts weight to make the weight for sure. I like Tavares a lot too. Um, I think Tavares, if he's smart, he's gonna go in there. He's gonna he's gonna punch his way in, avoid the big shots, grab a leg, take on a Sunday down, win a decision. This is five rounds. Uh, I want to say this is Brad Tavares' first main event. Anasanya, I don't think he's ever been five rounds in MMA. I know he's he's had plenty of big kickboxing fights, which is a different sport though. This is, I mean, this is a corn flip. I, I, I don't know who's going to be the underdog, who's going to be the favorite. If I'm being honest with you, I would imagine people are going to probably pick uh, Anasanya to be the favorite because he has a lot of hype around him. Because this guy right here, yours truly, is talking about him. I like Anasanya. I can't pick against my guy. Listen, when 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 I when I put that stamp on you as one of my guys, I can't pick against you, no matter what, no matter what the money is, no matter what my brain is telling me what my logical brain is telling me i just can't do it i won't do it can't do it 
So that's a card. Solid little card. I'm telling you, it's going to be a nice little... I like when they do this. International Fight Week's a big deal. They, they put the finale on Friday. You know, it's usually a pretty... It's, it's usually at the Palms or something in a smaller setting. Not a huge crowd, maybe 5,000 people. And then they hit you with the big one. They hit you with, they hit you with that, that next night. I mean, UFC 226 is absolutely electric. Tons of stars are going to be in town. My boy Darren Till's flying in. Tons of stars. If you're going to International Fight Week this week, have fun. I wish I could go. Uh, hopefully, I'll go next year. That is the plan is to attend one of these one day. <clears throat> but uh, we'll end the show like we always do with a top five. Now, with it to be in the Ultimate Fighter finale, it makes sense for me to do the Ultimate Fighter winners. Top five Ultimate Fighter winners. Well, that's where you'd be wrong, right? I do a little theme top five with whatever I'm talking about. We're going with top five worst Ultimate Fighter winners, right? There's so many top five. I mean, there's so many good winners that came from the Ultimate Fighter. You got Robert Whitaker, who is an absolute beast. You got Nate Diaz, who is a superstar. You got Rashad Evans. You got Michael Bisming. You got studs coming from this show. I'm going to give you the top five worst. The worst. Number five, Amir Sadala. Man. I loved Amir Sadala. He came on the Ultimate Fighter with like his record at the time was like two and zero or something. It was crazy how inexperienced he was. He made it all the way to the finals and won. I mean, this is a guy that kind of came out of nowhere on that show. This is a show with Matt Brown, Forrest Griffin, Rampage Jackson, one of the coaches. I mean, Matt Brown's in the show. I mean, there were some there were some tough tough guys on that show. Amir Sadala, with very little experience, came out and won. Had a couple good showings in the UFC and then just literally disappeared i thought he was kind of entertaining i thought he's funny he had that euro trash mullet he had you know he had a good fighting style and then uh yeah i mean the la- last time i remember fighting was dan hardy and he, and he lost uh yeah amir sadala though as a winner y- you gotta put him at number five he has to make the list I'm f- as much as i like him i'm fair but i'm firm baby you gotta put him on a list number four james wilkes you're probably like who Exactly. He was the one that won on, uh, I believe it was USA versus England. I believe he won um, the finale. I think he fought against another Englishman, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong about that, uh, but uh, yeah, I think I'm right about it. Yeah, because he was the one that knocked out that Frankie Lester guy's teeth, and the teeth were stuck in the mouthpiece. It was a Dan Henderson, Michael Bisming show. I put him on a list because I quite quite frankly I don't know if he I didn't look him up or anything. This was I kind of briefly looked at a list of what people had online uh, of the most ultimate. The, I looked at a list of the Ultimate Fighter winners and I put the guys on the list who I'm like who and he was one of the who's. Now the number one's a big who too. Number three, Efren Escudero. I know this probably shouldn't have been on the list because he is still fighting. He had a couple runs in the UFC. I think he just got a, a, a win outside the UFC. That was pretty impressive. He trains at a great camp. A lot of people love him. He's like kind of like he trains at the lab in Arizona, and he's like kind of like an assistant coach. So I know people this is gonna rub people the wrong way, but he had a lot of hype around him. He I mean he won that show. That was the famous Julian Browning show. Yeah, uh, and you know Efren had the wrestling and kind of never involved from there. He had a, he had a good double leg. He had a good takedown. He had good top control. But uh, he never evolved from there. He kind of just fell apart when he got in the UFC and then got kicked out of the UFC. He got cut fairly early after winning the Ultimate Fighter, if I remember. 
and then he got brought back for a few fights and then and then just got dropped again and now hopefully he makes his way back. I mean, I'm rooting for you, Efren, but you, you got to make the list as, as an all-time top five. Number two, Jonathan Brookings. This guy beat Michael Johnson in the finale, if you can believe that. Michael Johnson, who, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and argue, has had the best UFC career, but he has had some really, really good fights in the UFC, still in the UFC. I think he's an incredibly talented guy. Brookings was a white guy with dreadlocks, looked like your worst nightmare when you walk into Whole Foods. And uh, he just outgrappled Michael Johnson. I think Michael Johnson didn't train much because I don't think Brookings had any stand-up, had a decent chin, and then just had a good takedown. And, and, and then he dropped weight in the UFC. I believe he went to 45 and, and was, it was uh, knocked out a few times, maybe once, twice. And he got cut again, got cut fairly early, didn't, didn't really do much in the UFC, and I uh, haven't heard much of him. I used to follow him on Twitter, and then it started getting kind of weird and – and, uh, you know, we're just, we're just, him and I are just two different people. So, uh, needless to say that I stopped following him. So I'm not really sure what Jonathan Brookins is doing. Jonathan Brookins, if you're listening to this, you know, send me an email. Let me know what you're doing, pal. Sorry that you made number two on the list. At least you're not number one. The number one, this guy, and it, and it, it might be an unpopular opinion because he was a troop. He was in the Army, Marines. He was something. Colton Smith. This guy. <laughs> He was on probably the weakest show that the Ultimate Fighters had, one of the weakest, if not the weakest, and he just was not. He's tough. He got rocked on the show, and I remember he came back. He was just this ugly grappler. Like, he just won ugly, right? And he went to the UFC, and I don't even know if he won a fight since he won the Ultimate Fighter. If I'm going to be completely honest with you, I don't know if he won a fight. Not to mention, this guy looks like he fucking got hit with a bag of nickels. This guy's ugly as shit. And I don't know if he won a fight. I have, I have to find out Colton, Colton Smith's record. I know we're running a little, little longer than normal, but I'm, I'm excited to talk to you guys. I have to figure out Colton Smith's record, right? Season 16. Yeah, boy. Let's see what we got here. Okay, Miss Marshall's Nope, Miss Marshall's record. Okay. So he's actually won a few outside the UFC. Let's see. Okay, so he beat Mike Ricci. Mike Ricci was the guy that basically turned uh, Rory McDonald into a fashionista. Mike Ricci looked like the uh, like a school teacher or an accountant or something like that. He was. Um, <laughs> I think he might have been Rory McDonald's like shit talking coach. The only reason I remember that is because Rory was fighting BJ and they sat in Rory's apartment. With all the swanky clothes and these two chicks and Richie's there talking shit and stuff. That's not really Roy McDonald's song. Anyway, Colton Smith fought in the OC. He got knocked out by Robert Whitaker. No shame in that. Got choked out by Michael Chiesa. No shame in that. And Carlos Diego Ferrer, re- re- Rear Nickham, choked him too. And that was it. So he won the Ultra Fighter and then went 0-3. And, and then he is continuing the fight. So his overall record seven and 7-5, which isn't, which isn't terrible. Took some time off. His last fight was in March 2017 or 2018, excuse me, March 17th. He lost the decision to Sean Brady. So clearly that guy's number one. Maybe James Wilkes could have been number two because I don't know him either, but I know he had a couple fights in the UFC. So that's the show. Double episode week. This one's coming. You'll be listening to this on Monday, and the next one's going to come out probably on Thursday or Friday. I'm only going to wait maybe until Thursday or Friday. I want you to listen to it before. UFC. I'll probably put it out Thursday because I don't want to put it out the same day as the finale. Maybe I'll put it out Thursday, Friday morning, and that way you can and listen to my beautiful angelic voice. Take you into the weekend, get your bets in, get you winning, 
And uh, yeah, we'll do it that way. Uh, I'll be looking forward to seeing you guys, talking to you guys uh, later this week.